Hi, I'm Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. I'm also the podcast host of Invest in Her and an award-winning producer, author, and TEDx speaker. Our show, Invest in Her, features phenomenal female founders and funders. As you know, women receive less than 2% of venture capital funding. Our series is about accelerating the funding of women by connecting them to funding resources. Let's meet today's guest. Welcome to this week's episode of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. And today I feel very honored to have on an amazing guest. She is an investor in our Show Her the Money film. She has an incredible background in sales with Microsoft, uh, IBM, Apple, and she is a best-selling author of a book called Love Your Team. And it's a survival guide for sales managers in the hybrid world. Here it is. Love your team. And I love the word being used in corporate America. So let me introduce you to the author, Helen Finucci. Hi, Helen. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, the L word. We need more love in our life. Absolutely. I mean, the minute I read that title, I'm like, okay, I already love this woman. <laughs> Uh, you know, I used to work for a company in Miami and it was run like that. It was like we were family. It was I mean, I loved my coworkers. We had we were like family. It was amazing. And I was there like 15 years. And when I left and moved to New York and went to another company, I realized how rare that was. I thought every company was like that, you know, and and so it's not. And and so it really does start with the sales management, doesn't it? So I'm so glad that you wrote that book. So today I want to talk about your book, your experience at those major companies, and also about how you started becoming an investor, because we're always encouraging more women to become investors, especially with our film, right? Yes, absolutely. Such an important film and message. Thank you. Well, um, first of all, let's start talking about your book, Love Your Team. Uh, this is for sales managers to implement that L word into their into their teams. Uh, what made you decide to write this book? Yeah, it's a great question. So in the summer of 21, I was at a conference and it was all about retaining talent. Because if a sales manager cannot retain top talent, they literally risk not being able to make their quota because the turnover and uh, discontinuity between sellers has a gap in revenue performance. And so um, when I was thinking about what I do to retain top talent, what sprung to mind was I love my team. And so I put that on the slide. And I got to tell you, I was really nervous mm. because people don't use the L word and it's a business, you know, summit and conference for sales leaders. I think was that was really groundbreaking, Helen, because I bet there's no other corporate books out there that have the word love in the title. It's probably true. And, you know, and so it was what was authentic to me. And so I said, look, here's, here's what I mean by love your team. And yes, it's about caring for your team and supporting your team. But first and foremost, sales leaders need to know what their team cares about on their terms. And for some sellers, it might be maximizing income. 
It could be work flexibility. It could be a promotion. It could be a lot of different things. And if you as a leader don't know what your team cares about, how can you support not only their personal ambitions, but also their work ambitions? So that's kind of the genesis for it. And by the way, I'll say up front, this is not a touchy-feely um, self-help book. Part of loving your team is also holding them accountable to high standards and creating clarity of performance expectations. And yes, it includes performance management and firing people on your team, if that's what's needed, because you can't build a high-performing team without addressing the underperformers the top talent won't stay. Well, you know, you know, you've worked for the top, top companies. You headed up the sales division at Microsoft. You worked with IBM, Apple, all these big innovators, because I know you also have a passion, not just for sales, but for innovation. And so um, I can imagine that you were a pretty badass leader. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey. You know, and what I mean by that is, I think it's exactly what you said. You have to wrap it up in accountability and firmness. But what I hear you saying in the love part is listening to your team and what matters to them. And when you do that, people feel like you care about them and uh, they're more likely to want to please you and please themselves and, you know, uh, try harder. I think they try harder when they respect uh, the leader and feel that that leader really cares about them. And I, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. But also supporting them. So that could look like removing sales friction, using your positional power to get higher in the organization or connecting with leaders. Because often senior leaders in um, prospective companies don't want to meet with sellers, but they'll meet with senior executives. And so it's really demonstrating through action that you are supporting them and you are helping them achieve not only their business, um, but also personal goals. And, you know, the funny thing is, isn't it sales that is the crux of the success of a company, right? It is. Nothing happens unless revenue is happening. You don't have a company without revenue. So I love it because it's like in the center of the action and it's messy and complex and so critical. And let's face it, it usually is the salespeople at a company that make the most money. Uh, so uh, and it, it is a difficult thing, uh, sales for some people, I think, you know, some people have a gift and very few people have that gift. And it's hard to find really great salespeople, don't you think? I think it can be for sure. Um, but one of the things that I think is a mistake is to think that if you hire a sales leader or seller, automatically your sales will increase. You also have to have a um, business process, meaning you have to know what you're you're going after. And I think this, this also I see bleeding over into entrepreneurs who want to have their first hire be a seller because there, that person will make revenue happen. But if the founder and the leader hasn't thought through and kind of done market testing and created a point of view with their product, and by the way, for earlier stage companies, you often have to 
adjust your product based on market feedback. So that happens whether you're a small company or a large company, you also have to give them the tools, the understanding of how to connect what you're selling to the market. And yeah, they'll invent and figure things out on their own and top sellers are worth their weight in gold. But it's not a guarantee if you don't have kind of the baseline understanding of market fit and are prepared and set up to scale. Right. So you're saying it has to be uh, that you have the right product and the right market fit in order for that great salesperson to even be successful. And that's your part as a founder, knowing what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So founders, you know, people talk about product market fit but it's actually market product fit, meaning the market will tell you and you have to adjust your product. Mm -hmm. And a market is really a list of companies you wanna go after or a list of people you wanna go after. And there's no substitute for testing the market and adjusting your product. And it's really an iterative process. Great advice to entrepreneurs. What made you cross over into being an investor? So you know, here you are running sales teams for these very high profile companies and uh, you're stepping into now consulting, I understand. And what made you decide to be an investor? So, you know, like I said, at the top of the show, you are an investor in Show Her the Money, which we think together is a really important film about uh, raising awareness about the underfunding of women in the venture capital world and how we need to change that by having more women investors in that space, which we're on a mission to do with our grassroots tour that'll be touring the film around the country, right? And then I know you also, which the film is all about, you're invest investing in these new female-founded funds. Um, let's talk about that. Like what made you decide to invest um, like in a in a female founded fund like Emmeline, let's let's talk about what the reasoning is to get behind these female founded funds and why you did that. Yeah, because it really pisses me off that <laughs> women only get two percent of the venture mm -hmm. money. And frankly, you know, we talked about you know why I wrote the book, but I also wrote the book because I was really pissed because of some of the dynamics happening. And I thought that loving your team was a better way. So it was a positive message, but also sometimes anger fuels my action. And for investing in the film, it's outrageous that this situation exists in 2023. Additionally, it's pragmatic. I've seen with my own eyes how women's sellers outperform their male peers. And the data is really clear on that. And so I also believe, well, I could get a better return on investment for my money by not only investing in women founders, but also being part of, um, you know, a limited partner in uh, female venture capital firms. And it's kind of putting my mouth my money where my mouth is and it is the right thing to do. I can, I'm in a position where I can do it and it matters to me for a legacy that women have more opportunity for the future. And if I'm not in action, not only with the things I do, like consulting with women, uh, founded companies and women leaders, 
but also using my money in that way. Um, and it, in fact, I had uh, um, someone reach out to me on LinkedIn who's like a venture, you know, has a new venture fund. Oh, we do these great returns. So I sent him a text, you know, on LinkedIn. And I said, so um, how many women founders are in your portfolio? Women founded companies are in your portfolio. He didn't have any. And I said, sorry, my investment thesis is only to fund women founded companies and work with women venture capital. I love that. And that's why we need more women like you, Helen. We absolutely, you know, a lot of women don't know what venture capital is because we've been shut out of that world. And that's really the purpose of the movie. You walk out of the movie and you understand what it is and why you want to be a part of it. Right. And I love all the reasons that you gave, because you're right. If we if we don't make a film about it, we don't educate people. Things will never change. And so we do need more women. And I had a similar experience. Somebody just reached out to me. And, you know, wanted me to invest in their fund. And I looked at it and it was run by all men. And I was like, I just emailed them back and said, where's the woman on your team? Right. <laughs> right. And I never got an answer, by the way. But you're right. Women are better at sales. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was doing an interview one time with a guy and he's like, yeah, women are really great at sales. And I'm like, well, you know what? Women are really great at everything. But yes, they're exceptional at sales. And that is the crux of every company. And and so uh, it's important to invest in these female founded companies because they are good at the sales and they are more profitable and it makes perfect sense to invest in them. Uh, so we're we are definitely on this mission together. I do think that it would be very unlikely for a man to write a book that has the word love your team in it. Um, I think women just run their companies differently and manage people differently. And it, it, it's beautiful to have both both uh, entities at the table. And it, it is shown in research that companies that have both men and women in the C-suite right. are more profitable, right? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, diversity. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it by looking at these tech teams, right? <laughs> yeah, the majority of the folks I've managed in my tech career have been men, for sure. And uh, yeah, diversity of thought, diversity of you know background, ethnicity, all that stuff, gender, of course. But you know, it's just it matters. You know, I'm glad that you are an investor in Emmeline because they are three women of color that started their own fund, uh, Nassim, Azine, and Lakeisha. And um, I think it is funds like those that are going to have great success that is the reason that finally, somewhere down the road, men will start investing in these female-founded funds when they see how successful and how profitable they are because they are investing in women of uh, people of color and uh, in LGBTQ. And that's why those funds are going to be super successful because otherwise that 50 or 60% of the brain power is laying on the sidelines and it's filled with ideas and innovations to help save the planet. And we cannot afford not to invest in these female founded funds. That's the bottom line. Yes, for sure. And uh, I love um, the ideas, the company ideas, many of them are directly for women. And I love that. I'm also in conversation with um, Pocket's company, SheGal, in terms, I think it's called SheGal. Yeah, SoGal Ventures. SoGal, SoGal, yeah, Pocket's a rock star too. SoGal. 
Yeah. Uh, and um, so, but that just uh, is in process. So that's coming up too, because she also is doing amazing work um, with her fund too. Yeah. I mean, Pocket Sun is one of the other ones featured in our uh, film, as is Emmeline uh, in Show Her the Money. And uh, her story is incredible. She's like the youngest woman to ever start a uh, venture capital fund right out of USC. Uh, I think she started it at 24 years old, which is just incredible because it's not easy to start a fund. Let's let's start with that. And then she's had huge success with it. And uh, I, men have started to invest in that uh, uh, fund because they see her success in picking unicorns, which are companies that become billion dollar companies. And um, she she had made a statement that I totally agree with. And that is in her 20s, uh, as a young woman, she had her pulse more on what the millennials and Gen Xers wanted than some old white man who runs a venture capital fund. How do they know what young people want? How do they know what women, how do they know what BIPOC wants? How do they know what the LGBTQ community wants? You know, you have to have people that look like, you know, everyone in these funds involved in them and invested in them uh, to actually maximize the investment and the potential for the profit and ROI, right? Yep, absolutely. So I have a problem I would love someone to start a company around, which is to have a debit card tied to my donor advised funds. So when I go to a charity auction, I can, it can come directly out of that fund. And that's an unsolved problem. So if any of your viewers are in um, financial um, management, I would love that product to come to market. You know, I just talked to someone that has an app coming out that uh, is similar to what you're saying. And um, I think I'm going to put you in touch with them to see if uh, that's a possibility that part of that financial app they're creating, which is allowing people when they tip a server to have a percentage of it automatically go to an investment. So it helps build the future wealth of that working person, server, massage therapist, hairstylist, whatever. And I think it's pretty genius. So um, yeah, we'll have to connect you with them. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what made you decide to invest? Like, were you introduced to somebody? Uh, I I know you're friends with John Majeski over at Portola Valley Partners. Like what inspired you uh, Helen, after all these years of all your success with these major innovation companies to say, you know what, I need to, um, of course, invest in real estate, bonds, stock market, you know, but what made you say, oh, maybe some of my funds should be over here in venture capital, like we're hoping more women do? Yeah, so there's a couple different things. One is um, meeting you and seeing the movie and meeting these women at the um, private showing after party in July, it just opened my eyes to the opportunity. So I didn't know about women uh, founded uh, venture capital firms. And so that's attractive to me. And the thesis um, kind of like is personally important. I mean, when I was a young, when I was a kid, I marched on the Boston Common for the Right for Women 
to have an abortion. And this was in, I think it was around 1970. And it just intuitively made sense to me that women should own their own body. And so I think this is the the money side of things is long overdue. And so um, it's education, understanding what that it's a bigger world out there, what's going on and having access to these um, venture capitalists having access to understanding what's going on with women founded companies. And it's an investment in the future for all women. And, you know, kind of an analogy of, you know, women should own their own body and make their own choices. You know, money is critical. I have a daughter, I have a granddaughter and this matters to me personally, it's a, you know, and passionately. Then the other thing too is I like to support women, not only through money, but if there's things I can do to help them with their business, I have business experience. And so if I can be a value that all the, the um, portfolio companies might be an angle where I can contribute some of my help and expertise. And so that's also something that I want to build up and over time also have the opportunity to be on corporate boards or company boards and things like that. A hundred percent. You know, when women get funding from an investor like yourself, one of the biggest perks is the expertise they bring to your business typically. And so, I mean, who doesn't want a woman who's headed up sales at places like Microsoft on their team Hello. So, uh, yeah, that is a big perk of getting investments in your companies, ladies. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you're seeking venture capital fund uh, money and, and angel investor money from people like Helen uh, that are in that arena. And there's so many thousands of women out there that are from the C-suite, super successful, need to be investing in these female founded funds. And I'm glad you're leading that charge to raise that awareness. And the other exciting part that I know you love that I love too about being in the venture capital world is the innovation part, because we get to hear about innovations before anybody else. I'm always telling my friends, oh my God, you won't believe what's coming down the pike. Someone has invented this or that or the other thing. And it's game changing and they're always blown away. And we are the first to get to hear about it because venture capital is where it all begins. By the time it gets to the public market, everybody already knows about that company and it's already made a lot of money. So that's the beauty of venture capital, right? Yes, I love that. The innovation and being on the tip of the spear, so to speak. Yeah. And speaking of your expertise that you bring to the people that you invest in, um, I want to talk about what you're doing now because you have a consulting business to help companies. You and I were just talking about one of them that you're consulting with is Mediafly. Mm -hmm. Can you just fill me in on that before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. So I'm working with them to help them build a scalable revenue engine. So it is, you know, um, all about how we're looking at going to market and our target customers and deal um, would call having deal control and forecasting accuracy and things like that. So Mary Shea uh, was named co-CEO, I think it was March of this year. And she brought me in originally to do some executive coaching and then expanded my 
role and she keeps on expanding my role. So uh, it's all in the area of kind of revenue, growing the business, because as I said earlier, there is no business without revenue and um, tracking, measuring, monitoring revenue and figuring out what is needed to scale the scale revenue is a ubiquitous opportunity across most companies, if not all. And I'm working with Mediafy on that. And, you know, I just read that they uh, raised $80 million. So this is a huge company and uh, they need people like with your expertise uh, to help take them to the next level and uh, something good to know about if you're working in a company like that or own a company like that, that Helen Finucci is your girl and uh, can help consult in that arena. Obviously, they can find you on LinkedIn. Is that right? Yes, that's great. Yeah. And it's uh, for those just listening, it is Fanucci, F-A-N-U-C-C-I. Um, Helen, do you have any other social media we would find you on? No, I just really focused on LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I think that's where our people are. You know, the investors, the entrepreneurs, we all seem to congregate there. Somebody told me it's like the new dating site. <laughs> <laughs> new dating for business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you know, you can find me on Instagram, Catherine Gray, invest in her. And of course, visit our website, She Angel Investors. We have lots of resources there and you can find us on all the social media as well. And then of course, like Helen, I'm on LinkedIn and we'd love to hear from you. Helen, thanks so much for taking the time. Loved having you on the show. So glad you're on the show, Her The Money team. Thank you.